here we go again. Here we go again. I, I don't know what's going on, but this, the second building is collapsing, I believe. It is hard to describe, folks. The, the pictures show what has happened in lower Manhattan, but we don't have a handle yet on the devastation. The World Trade Center has collapsed, and uh, the, the, the casualty figure we cannot even begin to, to guess at at this point. Uh, sounds of 9-11-2001, John Scott of Fox News, uh, when uh, the second tower collapsed in lower Manhattan, New York City. Uh, this is hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. It's a somber day. Um, a tough anniversary. Uh, play the sound because I want us all to remember where we were that day, what we thought, and to uh, never overlook the sacrifices of the uh, brave first responders who rushed into those buildings, uh, many of whom lost their lives, and the people who were trapped in there and lost their lives. There are, of course, lots of uh, stories of heroism stemming from the 9-11 attacks. Um, and the collapse of the towers is a bit of a metaphor for what I see as a collapse of our uh, orderly society. It's uh, unfathomable to me. If I had told you 22 years ago today that we would, within a quarter century, have a president who willfully and purposely opens our southern border and invites unidentified, unvetted people from any country in the world that want to just walk across our border or swim across the Rio Grande and get into the United States, you would have thought I was absolutely nuts. But that is exactly what we have. We had 125,000 illegal immigrants enter our country last month in August via unlawful means, not at approved points of entry via unlawful means. And the Biden administration does nothing to stop it. What they would like to stop, however, are parents around the country being aware of the mental struggles that their children are having. Both California and New Jersey have, as states, gone to court to sue parents or laws that would allow parents to know when their kids are going through gender dysphoria, or sexual confusion. They've gone to court to keep those very personal, very consequential matters between a parent and a child secret from the parents. We used to label people who wanted to keep those kinds of secrets from parents. We used to label them pedophiles. Now we call them the Attorney General of California and the Attorney General of the state of New Jersey. Other states, like Michigan and Pennsylvania, leave it up to the local school boards to do that. And it can be, in the same county, two different policies. 
in Ann Arbor Public Schools in Michigan. The district does not require parental notification of a student sexually transitioning or using different pronouns. At Dexter Community Schools, which is a few miles away, same thing, but there are other schools in the area that do require parental notification. Here in Ohio, we have our state legislators going back to work at the General Assembly this week. Hopefully, they are going to finally pass the SAFE Act. That's Gary Click's bill, which would give parents the legal muscle to not be excluded from those matters. But we have school districts here in central Ohio, Olentangy, Dublin, two of them, that would keep that a secret from parents and do keep it a secret from parents right now. So until they are forced by law to comply, they won't. And they will cite a Supreme Court ruling that does not say what they say it says. Because the ruling says that there can be and should be and must be an authentic religious objection that the schools have to honor if a child says, no, I'm not going to call you by a made-up pronoun. But the school says, oh, we can expel you for that because you're misgendering the person. That's where we are in our country. It is misgendering to call a boy a boy or a girl a girl if the boy or girl wants to be called the opposite. You must indulge their mental delusion, their fantasy, or you are misgendering them. Actually, you are, of course, correctly gendering them. But that is not where we are in this country right now. Up is down, down is up. Not just on cases of gender, Let's go to the state of North Dakota, where over the weekend, authorities sentenced. Remember the guy who ran over the teenager because he thought the teenager was a Republican extremist? I'm not safe. I'm in a car. He's standing outside, but I'm not safe. I must run him over because he's a MAGA extremist. So he ran the kid over. And. He's been found guilty and Shannon Brent of Glenfield, North Dakota, has been sentenced to, what do you think? I mean, Enrique Terrio got 22 years for not even being at the Capitol on January the 6th. Yeah, but he got 22 years, Bruce, because he organized a really awful riot where a lot of police officers got hurt. How many got killed? None. No, the answer is zero. Sorry, don't hold up your Brian Sicknick and your others. No other police, no police officers, period, died on January the 6th. So, yet Enrique Terrio got 22 years. He wasn't there. Nobody died except the protester, Ashley Babbitt. Certainly Shannon Brent, the North Dakota man who ran over Kaylor Ellingson with his Ford Explorer not even a year ago, September 18th, 2022, Certainly, Mr. Brandt is going to be going away for what? 35 years? 40 years? 50 years? Uh, Try a tenth of that. Got a five-year sentence. And he's been given a year for time served under house arrest. House arrest! Not in prison! House arrest! He gets a year knocked off his sentence because he's been at home with his family. Wow. Wow. This is unbelievable to me. The maximum penalty for such charges is 10 years in prison, a $20,000 fine, or both. The mother of the deceased teenager, excuse me, murdered teenager, 
requested that the judge hand down the maximum sentence. But the judge did not. He claimed that he felt threatened by the teenager over the teen's alleged connection to a Republican extremist group and that the teenager was urging others to attack Brandt after a political argument. Wow. He ran him over because uh, the teenager, Kaylor Ellingson, was urging others to attack the guy in the car. So Ellingson was doing, I guess, what Enrique Terrio was doing or did to the Proud Boys before the January 6th attack. Now, listen, don't misconstrue any of this. As me absolving or minimizing what happened on January the 6th at the U.S. Capitol. It happened live on our watch because this show used to air 5 to 7 p.m. No, actually it happened, I think I was in this time slot at the time because it happened right about this time of day. And I said on the air at the time, as it unfolded, this is awful. This is unacceptable. There is no justification for this. All you are doing is giving the left everything they want. They are sitting in their offices, Biden, Pelosi, AOC, every single one of them. They're not cowering under tables. They're not afraid. They'll tell you who they are, but they are gleefully rubbing their hands together because they will use this against Republicans until the end of time. And that is what they're doing. We had the primetime January 6th hearings. We have the ongoing feigned outrage at how January 6th was worse than 9-11. It was worse than Pearl Harbor. It was worse than the Civil War. We have heard that endlessly. And we see the way that justice has been weaponized, not just in their pursuit of Donald Trump, but here with this guy out in North Dakota, who ran a kid over and murdered him, and he gets five years in state prison with a year lopped off because he's been staying at home the past year, waiting his trial. Meanwhile, we have to have a pardon from Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin to get a dad out of the penalties imposed upon him for going to a school board meeting and protesting that his daughter was raped by a transgender boy, which the school officials lied about happening. United 93, have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? Because we have information. He did not land. Oh, he's down? Yes, somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Uh, Authorities at the Somerset County Airport confirm a large plane crash about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. You've got to assume that it's related to all of these goings on. Uh, John Scott, Fox News, uh, air traffic regarding United Flight 93, which, of course, was the first instance of America fighting back uh, against the terrorists who were visiting unspeakable horror on our country on 9-11-2001. The in the uh, the. Everlasting words of uh, Todd Beamer and other American heroes who gathered in the back of Flight 93 before storming the cockpit cockpit and taking that plane down before it could be intentionally crashed into the U.S. Capitol or into the White House. Um, Todd Beamer saying uh, goodbye to his wife and then let's roll. Uh, We play all the sound from 9-11 so that we can uh, 
give that day the honor that it deserves. Uh, we'll bring you another um, story of a true hero of that day as the program unfolds. Uh, I ended the last segment by talking about the situation in Virginia, where late last week, after our show finished on Friday at 1 o'clock, Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia, who a lot of people think is still going to get into the Republican presidential race, has granted an absolute pardon to the father of a girl who was raped in the Loudoun County Schools restroom by a transgender girl, that's a boy, wearing a dress. So the boy wears a dress, uses the girl's restroom, he accosts, molests, and rapes the daughter of Scott Smith, who decided that he would go to the school board meeting and complain about what had happened to his daughter. Um, School officials denied that anything had happened to her. They lied about it. They explained away the presence of law enforcement on the Loudoun County Schools campus as a result of Mr. Smith coming to school and making a scene rather than a law enforcement response to the rate rape that had taken place. And you remember where this went next, right? It birthed a movement of the National School Boards Association and the Biden administration working together to involve the Justice Department to paint other parents around the country who were going to school board meetings in their areas, not to protest rapes of their daughters by fake boys pretending to be girls or real boys faking it as girls and going in restrooms and accosting young women. They used it instead as indicative of, well, you're going to complain about critical race theory. You're going to complain about social emotional learning. You're going to complain about teachers having transgender flags. You must be a domestic terrorist. The Democratic prosecutor in Loudoun County, Virginia, typically soft on crime, like most Democratic prosecutors, attempted to put Scott Smith in jail for disorderly conduct. He could not get a jury trial because disorderly conduct is a misdemeanor, which made it very convenient for the judge in that area who then convicted him of that offense. So he's now been pardoned for that disorderly conduct conviction, which he was confident he would have gained exoneration on appeal where he would have gotten a jury trial. But he decided to take the appeal, and I quote, because I could not trust our justice system. Yeah, that is a roll of the dice that you can't afford to take. Now, what of the judge who convicted Mr. Smith of disorderly conduct? Oh, he had another case that came before him. School spokesman Wade Bayard, the PR guy for Loudoun County Schools, who sent an email saying there was no rape. He was exonerated of perjury. Exonerated. So you can see how much the system stinks in and around Loudoun County, Virginia, and why Governor Glenn Youngkin, Republican, had to weigh in with an absolute pardon for Scott Smith, who you might have seen on video at that school board meeting. He's the guy police were like calf roping to the ground and dragging out. And it made a very compelling picture all around the world. Look at this nut job conservative parent protesting at a school board meeting. What they didn't tell you is his daughter had been raped by a boy pretending to be a girl 
in the school bathroom, and the school officials lied about it and covered it up. And wait, I'm not done. They then sent the boy to another school where he, can you guess? Yes, of course, molested, assaulted another girl. See, when you talk about the double standard of injustice in our country, you're not just talking about indictments against Donald Trump, although that is certainly part of it. You're talking about the situation in Loudoun County, Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin has to swoop in with a pardon, and this guy has to take a pardon because he can't be sure if the law will be legally and impartially applied in the court system. And we're talking about the guy in North Dakota who works himself into a frenzy because a teenager is outside his car saying mean things to him, and I'm afraid, so I'm going to run him over. And then get five years. Now, as our nation deteriorates, our president naps on his way to Alaska, coming home from Vietnam, where he spoke yesterday, and one more time indicated how he is not really in charge. And uh, I see. I'm just following my orders here. I'm just following my orders here. Uh, They're laughing at him. They're laughing. He's pausing. Staff, is there anybody I haven't spoken to? Staff, is there anyone I haven't spoken to? I'm calling on you. I said they have five questions. That is an utterly embarrassing clip. How long did he have to pull? I got five questions here. Staff, is there anybody I'm supposed to call on? You're the president of the United States, theoretically. You don't have to call on who they tell you to call on. And what is wrong with the press corps at that event? Like, when he's pausing and not talking and fumbling around and foundering and looking for a name? Why don't you shout a question at him? Hey, why did you have 20 shell companies? Hey, you said at a presidential debate that you and Hunter never got a cent from China. He said in court that he got $665,000 from his Chinese business partner. 